Five weeks and two days until the start of the 2023 NRL season, and we still don't have a collective bargaining agreement in place between the league and the Players Association. And joining us now is the Chief Executive of the Rugby League Players Association, Clint Newton. Clint, good morning. Morning, lads. Uh, now, the PR battle, Clint, always hard for the players, and you're adamant that uh, this is not a pay war. So I guess what is the message then as this drags on to the most important stakeholder of all being the fans in the game? Yeah, I think you know, Clarkie can speak um, from first-hand experience here that uh, whenever you're going into battle, which is part of the, you know, Part of the course when you're in the players' association and, and players is struggle and resistance, you're always going to face it. But you also know that it's largely going to be painted as a as some level of pay war and players being greedy. But ultimately, players are frustrated at the disrespect that the NRL has shown over the last 14 months. You know, this hasn't just happened overnight. This is as a result of 14 months of time wasting and and not cutting satisfactory proposals forward. It, players have spoken really passionately about the SCBA. These are their terms and conditions, for both the women and the men. And they aren't puppets. Um, they're up there um, showing some courage and knowing what's going to come back the other way. Mm. Um, but the real burning issues is around the, the premature releasing of the salary cap, which really tipped the, the players over the edge um, and painted the players as, as greedy. Um, when really the issue there is that players just want like-for-like comparison instead of inflated numbers. Um, and the NRL, you know, really not respecting the autonomy in funding, you know, past player programs and medical support programs that are game first. These are things that the game has never prioritised and this group of players are being responsible in allocating funds that would otherwise go to their salaries um, in protecting these past players and looking after their heroes and guaranteeing women's first ever CBA, first ever. That's that's what this is really largely about. Clint, how do the players win? Like, as soon as someone... I listened to Daly speak the other day. As soon as he says anything in the media, the, the perception is... You know, that the players want more money and the players are being selfish. And I, again, you're right. I've experienced it firsthand. You, you actually can't, no matter what you say as a player, you, you're going to get flogged for it. The, the media is going to have, have their, they're going to write it in the media and then the public's going to think, you know, how can a player say that, feel that, want that? I, I just, what do you do in this situation, buddy? It's always a struggle. Uh, again, you know what you're coming up against. I mean, I've been, I've been yeah. as a player administrator for over 20 years. So I've seen, I was there for the very first CBA in 2003, and you're over now for this one. So I've seen it all over the last you know 20 years, and it's not really necessarily about winning um, the PR war. Uh, in my view, what you what you just try and do is, is paint a picture for people because there is some bias out there. Um, people do hang on the big shiny number and um, a million-dollar player. But the reality is the absolute clear majority of our playing group um, are sit in the middle of the bottom. Um, and so, therefore, when you've got, when you've got that um, structure inside your playing group, you have to look after them the most. Now, of course, in any industry, the best will always receive the most. That is no different to the best plumber, the best builder, the best CEO. Um, but in rugby league, you know that risks are significant. Um, and really what the players are striving for is the best CBA in Australia and New Zealand, in, the, in our region. Um, 
And again, why would we not want to champion that, given the fact that we know that setting up CBAs with great protection and support and services provided to our heroes and, and players that potentially fall on hard times or suffer injuries, that sets the game up for the future. Because if I'm a, if I'm a parent, which I am, I've got three daughters, um, if one of them or all of them choose to play rugby league, well, I want to know that they're getting the best protection, they're getting insurance paid for, they're getting support. The high-performance environments are suitable for them to, to thrive in that industry. And I don't think that's unfair. We're coming from a long way back, and we're unapologetic about going after you know the things that we believe are necessary and important to move the game forward. How often are you in contact with the NRL, Clint? And... Um, has there been any progression made over the last week or so, or are we at a stalemate? Yeah, no, there's, um, there's been some progress. Um, Andrew and I have, uh, have spoken a, a few times, um, as you always do. It's, it's always part of the course that, you know, you can, you're going to have a crack at each other about certain things, particularly privately, but that's, that's part of it. I mean, both we're all passionate about our respective stakeholder groups. For me, um, my responsibility and the board's responsibility um, is looking after the thousand players that are going to catch it inside this agreement, which is a, which is an extra probably three hundred more than we've ever captured in a CBA, given the fact that we're picking up two hundred and forty women. Mm. Uh, so yeah, there's going to be some progress. We've got some really important couple of weeks coming up. Do I think we'll get an agreement? Sure. When um, I'm not one hundred percent sure, um, but uh, but again, there's really the, what the players are really after is the contract security and certainty for women, better injury hardship fund for, for people whose careers are, uh, are cut short by injury or that sustain injuries that um, have, take issue with them after their career, past player programs, medical support funds, agreement rights on core employment terms, just like you guys would have when you're employed by the Big Sport Breakfast team. So I was, I'm actually really proud of this plan group. Um, we've made some decisions in the last you know, decade um, that have set the game up for the better. Um, and, and again, I, I don't think we've, the game had ever been organised. The playing group had never been organised. And I'm, probably you can speak to that when you were playing in your career, mm. where we didn't necessarily look after the bottom people and, it was very much a bit of a dog-eat-dog environment. Um, and so we are coming from a long way back. At this playing group, they have established um, injury hardship funds, increased minimum wages, made sure you know, private health insurances and insurances are in place um, for those players from the middle and the bottom to make sure they're okay. And you can only be strong when you've got numbers, Clint. And I'm assuming... All players are united because I've read a couple of articles where they're saying that they may not be all united. Yeah, well, of course, there's going to be those types of articles. Like, you know, what a surprise um, that those articles are going to be pushed out into the public domain. Um, you know, because that, all that does is try and divide and conquer the playing group and, and look like we're fractured. But the reality is, if the expectation is that a thousand players are going to be across every line-by-line item mm. um, that's captured in a collective bargaining agreement. That is just unrealistic. You know, that's why we have a board that has all the governance controls of a not-for-profit organisation where we have 50, 50% split of players and non-financial directors that are significantly experienced in the corporate sector. And then you've got your player advisor groups across the both, the men and the women. And then you've got delegates at all the clubs. So again... 
we've got a hierarchical structure that provides us with clear direction about what it is that players are looking for, what they need, plus we do surveys every year, um, which, which also helps guide our thinking. So, again, um, that's what leadership is about. That's what our board and our player leaders are for. Um, but we've seen you know, many players you know, speak over the last, you know, well, the last 14 months, but particularly the last, the last week. And, and again, I'm proud of them for, for standing up for what they believe in. Is there going to be a perception that they're greedy and this is all going in their back pocket? Sure, we're under no illusion that that's going to be rolled out. But the reality is um, the funds that we're short and the funds that we're going after... Um, just to track in line with the game's revenues, which have gone up by 25% from term to term, um, is funds that are going towards those critical areas, as well as making sure that our women have a CBA for the first time. Clint, what's worst-case scenario? If nothing gets resolved here, are we seeing, as as a fan of rugby league, are we seeing the players strike? Oh, look, I think what the players are really focused on at the moment is... is um, rolling out you know their current activations which is the they don't feel comfortable in in uh, participating in certain nrl uh promotions and commercial activities you know based on based on the delays that we've had so again from a player's perspective um you know all the options you know remain on the table because you just don't know michael i mean you've gone through it you don't know what the other side may do and may choose to do so therefore you don't want to put a stake in the ground and say, you know, we won't do this, yeah. and and the opposition do something that obviously is is damaging to the relationship. But I think with with this, I think that that is the truth. Though you know, even going through it with cricket, that we were very open about if that's what it takes, that's what it takes because we we were trying to fight for things that we believed in and thought were for the betterment of the game. So I, I think that has to be a realistic option to all the rugby league fans that. If this doesn't get sorted out, then your team and your favourite players mightn't be on the TV. They might be playing. Well, I think there's a responsibility, Michael, on administrators from both parties, from all parties in you know clubs, um, the commission, NRL, and, and us to get it done. For I sure. mean, you saw sure. you saw what happened in cricket. It it, um, it was ugly. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone wanted to take it there, but the players were led there. Um, you know, because there was resistance. You know, from the other side. So. Again, uh, what we want to do is make sure that um, we get an agreement done and the whole industry can move forward. And there is absolutely a responsibility to make sure that we're acting in the best interests um, of the game. And, and again, the fans are so critical to the game's success. But again, we need to make sure, and this is the value of a players association, um, particularly since since the CBAs began in 2003, it was the players that started wellbeing education. It was the players that invested in retirement accounts, helped those blokes transition away from rugby league. Players invested in injury hardship funds. There was no more of this just whatever revenue we secure, just dump it all into salaries. That's not the way player associations work. But we are coming from a long way back. Clarkie cricket is a long way forward. You know, um, as opposed to our CBA, AFL is a long way forward. Rugby Union, um, some of the other codes. So again, we need to move forward uh, and we'll continue to step forward. And you know, I live in hope. You know that we're going to get uh, a great outcome for everyone. But again, we understand there's some bias out there um, because people look at our top players and go, you know, you're earning significant funds. But again, that's like any industry. We just have to make sure that. 
you know, the middle and the bottom players get, get looked after because you just don't know when your career is going to be over in our game. Appreciate your time as always, Clint. No, no worries, guys. Um, appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll get it done. Uh, the most important thing is we've just got to resolve this, you know, significant issue that exists in the women's game. But, you know, the players are doing really well. And, again, I'm proud to represent them.